Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and they'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. Now, let me tell you right off the bat that the chat room is open. This is take two. We had a couple of technical issues, and we're reprising the show, so we hope that uh, you can join us again. If not, uh, you're listening for the very first time. I want to thank all the people who have been in the chat room and who joined us today live and or who are joining us uh, as a, a recorded show. My guest today is Mr. Dan Davies. He's the uh, producer, the star, and the writer of Ed Gein, the musical. I mean, can you believe it? Somebody made a musical about Ed Gein. Ed Gein is the is the inspiration for the Silence of the Lambs and for Psycho and for so many horror flicks. And somebody made it into a musical. Oh well. Okay. Well, anyway, and Dan is here. Uh, but I, I want to thank all of uh, the listeners and readers for the support that you've had. Um, you can listen to this live from uh, RexSykes.com. That's the official website, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S. That's the RexSykes Movie Beat uh, official website. And you can subscribe to the website right there at the welcome page by clicking on the RSS feed. Now, all of these interviews are archived there in the interviews blog at RexSykes.com. So you can listen live from the website. You can listen to all of the interviews that are archived there anytime, 24-7. You can also listen to them as podcasts from the iTunes store, Rex Sykes Movie Beat at iTunes, absolutely free. When you go there and you listen to them and you subscribe, you'll never have to miss another interview again because you can download it to your favorite electronic device, take it with you wherever you go. Uh, and all I ask is that you rate and review the podcast. And as well, if you're listening to this from Blog Talk Radio or through my website, go ahead and leave comments right there uh, underneath the player. Uh, that always helps. Uh, you can tweet live. That's a great thing to do, by the way, because it helps re- us reach other people uh, and they can join us during the live interview. Or you can share it as an archived uh, interview as well. I, I really appreciate it when you do that. But go ahead, leave comments. Also, follow us, friend us, subscribe to us, you know, uh, whatever it allows you to do there. Uh, uh, become a member of the Rex Sykes Movie family because uh, we're really glad that, that uh, you know, you are. And um, all right. So, Movie Beat is really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. Since this is take two, please take a moment. And anytime, just take a moment. Reach out to other people. Go ahead and tweet right now and let them know that we're live on the air and that they can join us. Go ahead and put it on your Facebook wall or in a friend's and let them know that we're live and that they can come and join us at this very time. Call somebody up. Email them. Look across the room and say, hey, come on over here and listen to this. Uh, Because when you do that, it helps extend the reach of my guest to others, and and really, this show is about the guests sharing their expertise, their tips, their secrets, their 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 insights into the movie making process with uh, the rest of us. All right. So, without any further ado, I want to uh, uh, 
to tell you a little bit about my guest, Mr. Dan Davies. Dan is an actor, a writer, and a co-producer. He's a co-owner, along with Steve Russell, of Davies Russell, LLC. Now, their latest film, which he wrote and plays the, the, the lead character, the title, is uh, enjoying a, a limited theatrical release and will be having its national premiere on two networks in August of this year. This critically acclaimed film has been written about nearly a thousand newspapers, magazines, websites, and has been featured on national TV and radio, Fox News, National NPR, uh, PRI, XM, uh, Cyrus, uh, and everywhere. Dan has had over 15 years of experience in the film and television business. His educational background includes a BA in political science and English from the University of Wisconsin, and he has hosted and co-produced over 80 episodes of television seen throughout the Midwest, including a cooking show called Sports Cooking, co-hosted by Sarah White and the late NFL great Reggie White. In 2005, Dan and Ron Bullock of Video Trend Associates won the Platinum Remy at the 38th Annual Houston International Film Festival, also known as World Fest. Now, and listen up, past winners at World Fest have included Steven Spielberg, Oliver Stone, George Lucas, Ang Lee, the Coen brothers, Robert Rodriguez, Ridley Scott, Spike Lee, and many others. Now, with over 4,300 entries from 37 countries, World Fest is the largest and arguably the most prestigious in independent film. Uh, yeah, and Dan's keeping uh, very good company with uh, some of the people that I just listed. Anyway, without any further ado, I want to bring Dan back on. Please do go ahead and reach out to others and uh, and let them know that we are live on Rex Sykes Movie Beat with Mr. Dan Davies. Dan, are you there? Yes, I am, Rex. How are you? <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad I'm back. Hey, um, let's... Uh, you know, we'll tell the listeners a little bit. We had a technical difficulty. Uh, we had to uh, end the show, and, uh, and we're starting over. And we're going to start over from the very beginning, And meaning, Dan, I, I believe I asked you, uh, how did this inspiration come to you? Uh, you know, Ed Gein and then a musical. Well, and number one, that's a, a great question, and people are always kind of shocked that when I tell them I'm actually from the area that Ed Gein was from. Ed Gein was from central Wisconsin in a town called Plainfield, and I grew up in a town 15 minutes away, Wapaka, Wisconsin. And uh, so I grew up not only hearing the stories of Ed Gein, like you said, he's been the inspiration for Psycho and Silence of the Lambs and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Motel Hell. There have been a lot of books written about him as well. But not only did I grow up with those horror stories, it affected my family. Um, because I was about 15 minutes from Plainfield, um, we had relatives that knew him and knew of him, but my grandfather actually was the um, the best friend of the arresting sheriff who arrested Ed in 1957. They were best buds. And my wow. grandma actually was, yeah, my grandma was real good friends with his last murder victim, Bernice Warden. She used to buy her school supplies from her hardware store. She was a teacher. So for me, it just that was not just locally, it was something that I grew up with. It was my family was affected. So I'd hear these stories almost from day one, and it kind of piqued my interest. So I started, uh, you know, renting all the films about him, reading all the books about him, and researching him almost from the get-go. So by the time we even came up with, you know, started filming, I had a whole treasure trove of information about uh, Ed Gein 
um, who's actually noted as America's most beloved psychopath, actually. <laughs> but uh, so that's kind of that's kind of it in a nutshell. It just always he's always kind of intrigued me and the crazy things that he did too. If people aren't familiar, he um, in 1957 he was arrested, but not because he killed two people, but more uh, even more gruesome. He dug up 40 to 80 bodies, and with the bodies he basically uh, gutted like deer, um, made them into foodstuffs. Um, and then necrophilia was probably the uh, first on his mind, and then secondarily the gutting, and then thirdly using the flesh for chilies and venison or sausages and things like that. But then he also made furniture out of the dead bodies. He made lampshades and and uh, coffee tables and all kinds of crazy sick things, uh, face masks, um, and just did did a lot of macabre weird things. So that in and of itself kind of peaked my interest and kept my interest going until I, I wrote the film. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't follow in his footsteps to take up uh, furniture making. <laughs> no, or the Ed Gein House of Interior Decoration. I never, never <laughs> wanted to go. do that either. All right. Well, well, awesome. I mean, a uh, little bit of background. All right. So, um, you know, you uh, were inspired in what fashion? I mean, how did this, besides the background and, and besides the family connection to or friends connection to uh, Mr. Gein, how did you end up uh, hitting on the idea of, of turning his life into a musical? Well, I have a, a real good pal who actually is from Wisconsin, but he lived out in New York and was a, a theatrical actor and a director. And he moved back about 15 years ago. And um, back in Wapaka, our old hometown, he, uh, he invited me over for some liquid libation and some Wisconsin libation. And he basically, in all seriousness, he said, Dan, there's never been a documentary about Ed Yeen. There's never been really the truth. Now, this was before the A&E documentary, which is an amazing documentary about Ed Gein. But this is way before this. And he said, I'd really like to do a documentary on Ed Gein. Now, I looked at him, and this might have been the beer talking, but I said, wouldn't it just be hilarious if we did a musical about him? You know, kind of like the sound of musical, like Ed Gein the musical. And he looked at me, and he was aghast. He was ready to punch me in the head. And I knew I was onto something. I knew I hit a nerve. I knew I hit a heartstring. I knew that he was moved, um, not in a good way, but moved by it. And I thought, I'm on to something. This is, it's controversial and, and crazy enough just to work. And he was kind of one of the major inspirations that his reaction was one of the major inspirations for me to kind of, you know, sit on it and then a, a year and a half ago, two years, almost two years ago, write it. So um, that's kind of the, the genesis of it and the, the beginnings of it. So uh, uh, there. You know. So uh, so I'm sorry. I apologize. There was a delay in, oh, that's in the, the tech problems here. Are 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 are, are, uh, are the universe is conspiring? Is all I got to say. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting thing today. Uh, so so uh, let me ask you about this. Now this is a, a musical, and it's it's uh, it's a parody, and you use or utilize uh, songs that would be recognizable to uh, the viewer or the listener. Now, how do you get away with doing something like that? Well, that's a question we get, number one, it's a good question, and it's a question we get when we travel with the film, and we do travel, Steve, our director, and myself, and our music director, Will Kaiser, a lot of times will travel 
uh, with the film um, and, and also our co-star Clifford Henry. But we travel with it. But the biggest question that all of us ever get is how can you guys get away with the parodies? Aren't you going to be in trouble? Because we're using songs that are very recognizable from um, from uh, superstars, you know, Elvis Presley, and, and from musicals that have transcended their time that are just uh, amazing musicals from, you know, Willy Wonka to The Sound of Music to these uh, beautiful, beautiful transcendent musicals. Well, I, I was able to, like, take a lot of their songs. Now, half the songs are original, half of them are parodies. But I was able to take these very recognizable songs and, and twist the lyrics a little bit. But but parodies basically are a legal entity of themselves. Now, um, I'm not a lawyer, and I've been thrown out of most universities across the United States, so please do not take legal advice from me, nor is that matter probably any advice from me, <laughs> but, um, but especially, especially the legal advice. Um, but parodies are under what's called the Fair Use Clause. And back in 1994, I don't know if you remember Two Live Crew, but they did a song that was a parody of a Roy Acuff song. Well, Acuff Rose Music Publishing actually sued Luther Campbell, who was the lead rapper, the lead singer of Two Live Crew, and the judge, the judge actually, um, uh, kind of went to the and said it's a parody, and and that in and of itself is its own entity. And they he uh, he actually went to the side of Luther Campbell um, and said he has all the right to do it. Now there are certain stipulations; you can't use their original. Music, you can't like. I can't just like steal the Jordanaires, the backup band for Elvis, and use their instrumentation. It has to be our own instrumentation. It has to be our own arrangements. Um, that's number one. Number two, it has to be self-reverential. It has to be um, making kind of light of its of its own uh, lyrics, and in which we do. And thirdly, you want to do a couple of tricks, which is like one out of every seven or eight beats. You want to switch up a little bit so that it is your own entity, so that even though it's a parody, it's still yours. Um, and that's kind of the key right there, and that was the, a lot of times people would ask that question, so we're completely uh, protected on it. But then I don't want people to say that we just do parodies, because half the songs are original, half are parodies. Uh-huh. And um, when you got to the point where you said, you know, all right, I'm going to write this thing and I'm, and I'm going to make this movie. Uh, how did you go around and get financing for it? I mean, how do you ask somebody to, to invest in, you know, a movie about Ed Gein? And one that you par- <laughs> that's a parody. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it is, it's difficult enough to do a, a, a film <laughs> with the title Ed Gein the Musical, uh, let alone find financing. But I always tell people, if you're going to do this, start with your own sphere of influence. You know, have a good prospectus, a good budget breakdown, a great script. All these things have to, you have to have your ducks in a row. Now, my biggest impediment was I talked to a friend of a friend of our family and we had some bucks and I kind of presented him the idea and he looked at me and he said, I, I like the idea. I think it's funny. I think you're talented. I like your, your TV shows and your short films. But he, he asked one question. He said, Dan, have you ever done a film before? And a feature-length film. And I said, no. He's like, okay, you don't have a track record then. And I said, no. He goes, that's problematic. And and he said, too, he said, uh, you know, you got to have the track record. And, and it's like, Dan, you're selling a baseball team with only two or three players instead of nine players. You know, you have to have all nine players to sell a baseball team and to play baseball. He said, without that track record, 
you only have two or three players. And that's the most difficult thing in the world to do. So Steve Russell and I basically decided we're going to have to self-finance this. And we had about $100,000. We have a production company, so we already had about $100,000 worth of high-ended video and digital equipment. And all we needed then were people to come aboard. And what we did end up spending, we spent $9,000 was our budget. And that was for copious amounts of what I call Wisconsin currency. We got a lot of people in Wisconsin that are super talented, super hardworking, to work for cheese pizza and beer. And they did it. And they did just a wonderful job. So I always tell people when they're getting into the film business, surround yourself with people that are talented, uh, secondarily that are hardworking, thirdly that will be able to learn. You know, we want people that have the ability and the heart to learn something new. Um, And also, too, you have to sit them down and go, you know, we can't pay you anything other than cheese, pizza, and beer. But but you're going to have to, if you believe in us, then believe in the fact that this is first in in a line of many films. And someday you'll get paid. And that's kind of people took a flyer on us and they believed in our project. They believed in us. And um, they were wonderful. They were incredibly talented people that most of them we're going to work with again. And in our next projects, we'll have a budget and we'll be able to pay them, you know, which is really nice. And they took a flyer on us. Now we're going to take a, well, not a flyer, but they believed in us. Now we believe in them. And that's how to do it. Surround yourself with good people. That's the best thing, the best piece of advice I could give to anybody. Uh, that's really cool. Did you uh, did you ever serve chili on the set? <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's funny, Rex, because in the, the movie, one of the, the the weirdest scenes and the most talked about is where it's it's somewhat apocryphal, but he did, Ed Gein made uh, summer sausage, and he told people that he made it out of venison. Now, venison is deer meat, and in Wisconsin, you shoot the deer, and then you get it butchered, and then haven't made it to, to uh, uh, sausages or, or uh, you know, chili meat or whatever. Well, he never shot a deer. So you have to make the inference that he literally was using other forms of meat for this venison sausage. So, and they were, I guess, very tasty, but sadly, and in a very sick way, they were probably maybe human remains. Um, so the chili scene is, in the film, he actually won a blue ribbon at the Washera County Fair in, like, 1954. Um, now, that's a little bit apocryphal. We use a little poetic license on that. But it's funny, though, we're having, of all the cities and the states that we've been in with our film, we've never had a hometown premiere and I'm from Appleton, Wisconsin, and they're having a hometown premiere for me this coming weekend, 13th and 14th of May. And uh, uh, this local bar restaurant is making Ed Gein chili for us in honor of our, of our hometown premiere. <laughs> and there'll be a lot of finger room. food. <laughs> yeah, a lot of finger food. But but the, the guy that it's a the recovery room, which is a real neat little bar restaurant, and the guy mm-hmm. just loves our film and, and has been a huge fan. But you know, surround yourself with people that are willing to go above and beyond to not only to help the film, but to help promote the film. And um, we have so many people that have done this via Facebook and social networking and and phone calls and stuff. It's just been amazing, actually. All right. Well, let's stop right here and and address the Facebook. That would be wonderful. You have Um, a page. Yeah. What we try to do is we do have websites. We have eggingthemusical.com and and daviesrussell.com. But what we're trying to do is really build up our Facebook presence. Um, And it's uh, Facebook, if you just put in Ed Gein 
and Gein is spelled G-E-I-N, the musical, at Facebook and become our fan friend, we update our Facebook on a daily, almost hourly basis. So for all the latest news about where our film is going, um, our national premiere, uh, accolades, critical reviews, Facebook has just been amazing for us to keep our fans abreast of all of those things. So if, if people wanted to, to look up Facebook and get a hold of us via Facebook, that would be wonderful. Um, and it's just Ed Gein the Musical. Awesome. Now, can Ed Gein, you know, come back and uh, and uh, cause you any problems? Well, is it, we were copyright the, issues with this somebody's story, life story? Yeah, we were on this uh, legal show, this national legal show called Handle uh, Law. And the guy was out of like KFI out of L.A., but then it was nationwide. And the biggest thing he kept saying to us was, dead people have no rights. Dead people have no rights. Now, Ed Gein obviously doesn't have a, a foundation or a, a trust or people that kind of represent Ed Gein like Elvis does or Fred Astaire. Um, but they, but you can't use, like for an example, the Fred Astaire uh, case where they actually used the likeness. It was Fred Astaire from a movie, and instead of him dancing with... Um, um, a broomstick, he danced with a vacuum cleaner. And they were able to come back on that just because I think they used his likeness. Um, there are things that you can own and things that you can't, but the bottom line is really dead people have, have no legal rights. Uh, again, um, <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. Um, I only play one when I'm drunk in bars. Not, I'm just kidding. But I, I'm not a lawyer, so so don't, you know. So what we did, though, was to protect uh, the his his victims, we changed their names just because of the fact that there are still relatives who live in and around that Plainfield area. So we, we did protect or change their names. But but in reality, you know, and he kept saying, dead people have no rights, legal rights. So Okay, well, that's, that's my story in particular. Very interesting to find out. Um, let me ask you this, from inception to uh, completion, from, you know, the moment you, you got this idea, but the moment you sat down to actually write, how long it took you to write, and then the, the pre-production phase, and then production, and then post-production, how long, you know, did that go uh, in in each phase? Okay, well, um, once we decided to go for it, um, I took about, because I had done so much research all of my life about Ed Gein and, and and our director, Steve Russell, who's our um, my partner and co-producer, my business partner, he he's a in a very healthy respect. He's a um, serial killer aficionado. Not he's not sick or depraved or anything like that. But he himself did a lot of research. So both of us had um, a good uh, solid foundation in who this person was. So from what I had read and what I had gleaned over the years, I thought I thought well I could at least start it. But what I did was I took another two to three weeks to research it even further, and then I took about six to eight weeks to fully flesh out the screenplay. Um, and then Steve and I put our eyeballs on it again to do some final short little um, very minor edits to, to just kind of polish it. And then we did about a month's worth of pre-production. The hardest thing when you're doing a low-budget film, especially a period piece, is finding you know the cars and the costuming and the props. Well, we sent out Craigslist for the cars, and we got in touch with a group out of uh, Appleton, uh, Wisconsin, called the Rat Bastards, and these guys are car aficionados from the 50s. 
and they were more than willing to to let us use any of their cars and trucks. We had a gentleman named David Wolf from from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, had a beautiful '56 uh, Ford car, so or Ford truck. So we had all these people there that just said, "Use our cars, use our trucks." Not a one of them asked for anything, um, which was just amazing. And then we uh, we met with people too, like costuming and, and things like that. We did the research on it. Um, we also uh, met with a guy named uh, Scott Jorgensen, who is a museum curator and a collector of 50s memorabilia who literally has a collection in his home that takes up a, an old bus garage. And he was just an amazing man. He just said, basically, guys, use whatever you want for the film. You can use it for free. But my only caveat being is make a great movie. So we had people that came aboard during this pre-production phase that really, really helped with the film. Big, some of the biggest advice I can give people, too, is you want your ducks in a row before you put your camera, you know, even set up a tripod or put the camera on your Steadicam. You get all your ducks in a row. You get your people in line. You get your props. You get your locations. You get everything in line before you go because it's a time saver. It's an incredible time saver. Um, and on top of that, so we were able to shoot on and off. Now, granted, we had to work around people's schedules because if you're only paying them in pizza and beer, uh, a lot of people in Wisconsin are are hard workers, but they, they're into extracurriculars. So we had people that would come up to us and say, you know, I'm in my church choir. I've got my Knights of Columbus. I've got my Jews for Jesus meeting from 8 until 9. Can you work around my schedule? Blah, 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 blah. If, if you're going to do a low-budget film, have a line producer, somebody who is a genius when it comes to time, because you have to bank their time to jibe with your time. So we had people, and Steve did a nice job with this too, but we had other people that did just an amazing job of getting these people to, to be there when they were supposed to, to get them for three, four, five hours at a time. And and that was pretty cool. So, But for us, it could have been a 21-day shoot, but it was over about four months on and off, but literally about 21 to 25 days shooting. And then we didn't get all the B-roll footage that we should have, and then we we shot again for another month on and off just to get B-roll and pick up shots and, and so forth and so on. So uh, not, it was kind of unconventional, but when you're doing a low-budget film, you kind of have to think in an unconventional manner to get it done with. And so all told from start to finish and then post-production editing, probably nine, ten months. Do you have any issues uh, along the way, anything, uh, any snags, any... Any, uh, um, I mean, you mentioned to me before about you know B-roll and 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 having to recreate something four months later or you know weather changes and things like that. Any, any, um, any uh, challenges besides that 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 you needed to overcome? I mean, it sounds it sounds uh, both really really cool. You know, you got you got all these people helping out and they're all dedicated, and they're passionate, and they're helping out for free. And then you got scheduling issues and and you got weather changes and stuff. What Tell me more. Well, you know, the biggest one was, you know, the, that the flexibility factor, just kind of working with people around their schedules and, and, and literally, like, kind of begging them to say, you know, I know your choir needs you or I know your church group needs you, but can you talk to to your, your priest, pastor, rabbi, choir director, and, and, and can you just tell them that you're doing this movie can can you, can we have you for another hour or two? And I literally was on my my knees begging these people, and and I would hug them and 
and massage them and, and just say, please stay, stay, stay. That was always an impediment to us. But but other than that, the worst thing about it was when we were starting to film, which is a small town in Amro next to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, we had a, a guy, a, a beautiful reporter, just a lovely guy named Doug Zelmer, who did a beautiful article about us. Well, it got picked up in the Associated Press, and then it just mushroomed. It went viral. It went international. Because of that, that helped spawn, among many articles, spawned another probably a 1,000 articles about us. But the worst thing about that was, Rex, we got death threats and threats of mutilation from almost all 50 states from as far as London and as far as Hong Kong. Wow. They hated us. Yeah, they hated what we were doing. They thought it was just disgusting. They thought we had we had threats from 85-year-old grandmas. We had threats from people saying, how dare you do a musical and make fun of the situation? Do you know that they're, that he killed people, that he did horrible things? Why are you trying to glorify him? And obviously in the film we don't glorify him or his actions. Um, but the worst, the best actually one I memorized, and it was, and I want to tell you this, Rex, it was directed towards our director, and we made kind of the... Um, the inference or the guess that this guy was from the South. Now, now, don't ask me why we, we made the inference, but I want to tell you, and, I'm, gonna, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to affect a very bad Southern accent to do this, and I tell people this because I just think it's, it's an amazing death threat, and it starts off something like this. Dear Mr. Director, how dare you make a movie about this sick, twisted psychopath? You know what I'd like to do to you, Mr. Director? I'd like to cut your arms off. Then I'd like to cut your legs off. And then I'd like to take a big old hook. Then I'd like to hook your armless, lifeless, limpless body and drag you through the mud behind my four-by-four. And then I'd like to hose you off. Now, hopefully he meant with a garden hose. (laughs) And And then I'd like to take your clean, lifeless, legless, armless body and feed you to my dogs. And then he signs it this, have a nice day and God bless. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that was probably the best overall death threat that we, we got. But we got, you know, some real interesting things. That was always a little bit freaky. If you've never received one, now we felt safe because the anonymity of the Internet and these blogs kind of protect both people. Um, if they were going to harm us, they'd find a way. But that was probably one of the biggest, uh, the weirdest things to happen. Other than that, it's just working on people's schedules uh, was the biggest thing. Uh, Whether, you know, in Wisconsin we we have uh, only a limited amount of time to actually film, that was a little bit of an impediment. When you're shooting one scene and then four months later you have to shoot again, well, you know, there's snow on the ground. And, you know, you go from a 70-degree day to snow on the ground. So you kind of have to be wary of that and the one of the biggest pieces of advice i can give to somebody is b-roll b-roll coverage 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 while you're there get it done just beg borrow and steal to keep your people there an extra hour or two to get as much as possible there's no such thing as getting too much coverage that's what i've learned all right. Well, let me uh, take a, a short break. We're at that halfway point, Dan. So let me take a short break for station identification. You hang in there, and I'll be right back. All right? 
Great. You're listening to RexX Movie Beat. The official web address is rexsikes.com. All of these interviews are archived right there at the interviews blog at rexsikes.com. I'm going to tell you about my upcoming guest. My very next guest next week at about this same time will be Matt Berry. Matthew Berry is a casting director with over 18 years of experience. Currently, he's casting the new Gotti movie, but he's cast lots of lots of large big movies, and uh, he's also been a producer in movies like Alpha Dog and others, uh, and he's an actor, and uh, so he's uh, uh, produced, casts, acts, and uh, he'll be directing a feature film coming up. Matt and I went to acting school together back in the uh, earlier days of our careers, that's as far as I'll go with that one. Um, so I'm looking forward to having Matthew on the show. Monica Lewis will follow. She's the uh, wife of uh, the late producer Jennings Lang the mother of Rocky Lang, who's been a guest on this show. And uh, Rocky also is a producer and author. And Monica has written a book about her days in Hollywood. So uh, we're going to talk to her about uh, those, those uh, fabulous years, so the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and, uh, and uh, being the mom of Rocky and the, uh, the wife of uh, Jennings Lang. Dolph Lundgren will be joining us. He's scheduled for the 1st of June, but his schedule is very busy. I'm not sure whether or not that, that date will hold, but he will be with us. Tracy Jackson is probably best known for Confessions of a Shopaholic. She will be joining us, the screenwriter. Uh, Tony Timponi, uh, Fangoria fame, uh, the founder of Fangoria, will be joining us. I've got a lot more guests after these uh, uh, people that I'm mentioning. Uh, but that's enough for now. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Please do stay tuned, and please continue to help us spread the word by Twittering and Facebooking and sharing and leaving comments at, at uh, Blog Talk Radio or, or reviewing the podcast, uh, because when you do, it extends our reach to others who may not <clears throat> yet be aware of the show. And, and as I said, Movie Beat's a resource for you. Uh, we hope you share it freely with others. And, uh, and now let's return to uh, Mr. Dan Davies. Well, Dan... Um, you got this movie uh, produced, made, took about nine months. It started with a, the, the, the idea, uh, you know, 15 years prior. Um, but now, what's the, you, you promoted it in a very unique way, and you've gotten it into theaters. Let's, let's talk about uh, what you've done um, in that regard. Oh, oh I, I'd love to, but before I do, uh, Rex, your buddy, Matthew Barry, I just found out he got Al Pacino in the Gotti movie. I just found that out, actually, this morning. Oh, yeah, fantastic! So, I heard about that. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So congratulations to to Mr. Barry. That's awesome. Um, but the promotions end of it. And I'll get back to your question. I just wanted to to get uh-huh. that out there to your buddies. Um, the promotions end of it is is really unique, just because of the fact that we we have many strikes against us. Uh, strike number one, we're first time filmmakers. Strike number two, um, prior to this, I was known in certain circles but not in all circles. We didn't have a name attached to it. Number three, as a low-budget film, you're up against the $100 million Tron Legacies and Thors and all these kick-butt, you know, million-dollar, multi-multi-million-dollar films. In order for us to get it into the theater, I thought there were certain steps that we'd have to take. Step number one was as much publicity as humanly possible. And with the Associated Press, Spawn those articles, which then spawned Fox News National and NPR and all these brilliant, uh, really cool um, opportunities for us and, and, and neat interviews. It got our names out to many, many, many people. As a matter of fact, our, our matches went from 17 matches on Yahoo, if you put it in uh, quotation marks, to over 600,000. 
within just a couple of months. So I needed we needed publicity, we needed notoriety in order to get it into these theaters because, like I said before, if if I had a choice between a nine thousand dollar film or a hundred million dollar Thor, hmm, I might you know pick Thor. So so we had a lot of great, amazing publicity. So when I call up these theaters, about eight times out of ten they'd heard of me. And I would link in my emails, I would link all of the latest interviews. You know, John Waters was with me, the auteur and, and director on NPR, and he started off the interview um, on, on National Public Radio, and then I followed him directly, and they even used a, a segue, a reference from John Waters to to our film, which is just amazing. So you, you have people, and then, you know, Casey Affleck and Joaquin Phoenix were on that same show, so there were already star qualities to it. So I would send that out, send links to any type of publicity I got, number one. Number two, we needed critical reviews. And that's difficult, too, because these critical reviewers, especially newspapers, get four or 500 films a year that they have to review. Now, if you think about it, 500 films at two hours a, a pop, that's a 1,000 hours a year just looking at those films. They might even get more. They might get a 1,000. So now you're looking at, you know, 2,000 hours of time a year just watching movies. So they don't have time to do low-budget films. But for me, I had the publicity and the notoriety already. So when I call up these movie reviewers, there was a lot of begging. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of uh, emails, and I was persistent. But I was, I was able to get it into some, like, seven of the top 15 major publications in the United States. Well, that's amazing. I just lost. Are you there? I think I've lost Dan again. Let's see what happens. He's had trouble with his phone, and uh, it, it was something that somebody did to it. So let's see what uh, what transpires. But this is an amazing thing about uh, 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 publicity and uh, getting uh, film into the marketplace. And uh, I hope Dan uh, can resolve this to get back with us right away so that we can continue this. And uh, I apologize for these technical difficulties that we've been experiencing today. Let me, um, again, it's one of these things where I've got to try and text and talk. It appears his phone is showing up on uh, the switchboard so he's there but uh, the phone obviously is not transmitting his voice and uh, it's also possible that he does not even know that he's not on uh, the air right now so I'm trying to text him and tell him um, that he's not there And again, I apologize for this. Um, we have not had uh, as much technical difficulties uh, on the show. In, in, I mean, we've had some from time to time, but as much as we've had today has been uh, uh, truly, truly uh, an issue. Well, let me remind you to go to uh, Facebook, the uh, Ed Gein the Musical at Facebook. It is also Ed Gein uh, the Musical, I believe, dot com is his website, as well as 
Davies Russell. It's D A V I E S R U S S E L L Russell dot com. Those are the three websites uh, that he has um, available for you to take a look at. You can always become a member of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat uh, Friends page by going to uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends and uh, clicking on that. Are you there, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> You're back. You're back. The technical gods, they're conspiring against us. They, they certainly are. And 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 you're here twice on the switchboard. One uh, of no use, uh, the one where you disappeared on, and now you're, you've called back in. So before we lose you again, you were talking about the uh, marketing and, and uh, the, the PR oh. and the approach that you were taking on getting this film uh, in the theaters and to reviewers. And the last thing that you had said that we heard was that maybe they were seeing as much as 1,000 hours of film you know, in a year or perhaps even more oh. than that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, for 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 all those reasons, number one, I knew we needed notoriety, and we did that in spades with the thousand articles and the national TV and radio. Uh, we also had a unique uh, angle on our film too. It was controversial. So I always think, what's your unique angle of your film? What's the quote unquote controversial? Uh, part of it or the, the, the timely topical part that would make it newsworthy. So we were able to get it into those. Now, secondarily, because of all the notoriety and publicity, we were able to get seven of the top 15 magazines or, or newspapers have their uh, critical reviewer review us, which was pretty amazing. But we had the notoriety, the publicity. The next thing was the critical reviews. Now, critical reviewers get only so many hours in a day and they get probably a thousand to you know maybe uh, right. uh four hundred or five hundred to a thousand films a year to review right. well you're talking a thousand to two thousand hours of you know man hours of actually watching these films so you uh -huh. got to have your unique angle so you know if they only have so many so much time to do avatar and all these big times you have to call you have to email you have to follow up you have to do a little begging there's nothing wrong with that um, and, and just say, could you help me out and, and send along your links. Send along the, your USA Today article, your Chicago Tribune, or your NPR uh, interviews, or your Fox News National. Get it so that they're thinking, well, this is kind of neat. This is kind of a, a Blair Witch Project or an, uh, uh, a paranormal activity. I'll do this. So we were fortunate enough, because we had the publicity and notoriety, to get into the, to send them a screener so that they would critically review it. Now, the beautiful thing about it is seven of the eight major newspapers gave us really nice reviews. One of them was mezzo-mezzo, mediocre. But we were able to glean enough information off of that one to actually put it in our press release. So that was wow. super important. So we have all these good things going. We have publicity. We've got good critical reviews. And then uh, thirdly, it's making the phone calls, sending the emails and the screeners to theaters. Now, theaters are kind of contractually obligated to get these big films in, you know, the, the Tron legacies, the Thors. So you have to kind of make them, give them value for the buck, you know, bang, good bang for the buck. What we did was I'd call up eight times out of ten they heard of us, and I'd send the press package. They see we were critically reviewed positively. We, we had all this publicity behind us, so it's good, good, good. But then we'd send the screener, and, and they liked the film, but they would say, what type of a deal would you like to do? I said, we're going to bring you value. We're bringing vaudeville back to theater. 
we, we came there, myself, our director, Steve Russell, our music director, Will Kaiser, our co-star, uh, Cliff Clifford Henry. We go there, do a funny 20-minute intro, all the trials and tribulations of making a $9,000 film, get people laughing. It was really kind of cool. Field some questions, show the movie. They do a Q&A afterwards, and then do a meet and greet, give away autographed posters, uh, photos. We got to know our people. They became our friends. Our fans became our friends. We got all their information. We're on their Facebook. They're on our Facebook, Ed Gein the Musical. So we built it the old-fashioned way. We had a person down in Milwaukee said, you guys are modern-day Harry Houdinis. He said, you're doing it the old-fashioned way. And, and it kind of mushroomed from there, and almost 98% of all films never make it into theaters. And we're in that select 2%, which is pretty amazing. That is amazing, and this is really valuable advice, and it's really, really awesome. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the events that you've got going. You've got a national premiere coming up, a DVD drop, and different things. What, what's, what kind of stuff you've got going on coming up soon? Well, we've got um, we've got a couple more, uh, about a half dozen more theatrical showings before our national um, premiere. We have two networks working. We're working... Um, in the, we're working actually um, with Retro TV Network, which is an 83 million household. They're also called RTV and Tough TV. They're really, really neat uh, networks. Uh, they're on the digital substations and uh, Time Warner Cable and um, high def stations, and they're, they're just very solid networks. And they really want to work with us to get our national premiere because they've never had a quote unquote national premiere for a film. So that'll be what we're shooting for is August 12th, 13th that weekend um, and running it a few times. So that'll be our national premiere on those two networks, which reach about 75% of all television sets in the U.S., which we're real happy and, and, and fortunate with. And then we've got our DVD drop, and we're working with, and I can't tell you who it is right now because we're still working with our, our people. Well, I can tell you. We're working right now with Family Video, which is just an amazing company. They're a brick-and-mortar video company that they're the second largest video chain in North America and they're the number one um, for viability of all the video chains. And they're, they're redefining when you're up against all these other venues for video on demand and, and Netflix and things like that. They're redefining um, you know, value and, and bringing people in. And you can actually go to a place and talk to a well-informed person and say, I've never heard this about this movie before. Can you tell me about it? And their people tell you about it. And that's amazing. Where these other venues, it's, it's difficult to do that. So, so we're excited about family video, and that should be probably September of this year. Um, we're working out the details kind of as we speak. So there's a lot of good things happening in the future. And one of the things that, that Rex, and I know we've talked about this before, is I'm up for a couple other projects, but this other project that, that my heart is at, we're going to use the Ed Gein, the musical, as a model for this film school, or it's an actual school right. on the Pine Ridge Reservation. It's called Shunko Wakan uh, School, and it's an amazing school for for the uh, Lakota kids. Now, the Lakota Native American people are some of the poorest people in the United States. They have a dropout rate of about 85%. They've got teenage suicide is 10 times the national average. The average lifespan is 47 and Jody Marriott Barlev, who is just an amazing person, is creating a school on the Pine Ridge Reservation to get up to 300, maybe more of these students in there, and they're going to be tested. They're going to have the highest academic standards in the nation, the Cambridge University standards, and the film school is going to be a major part of it, but it's also going to be a film studio. 
making professional Hollywood-grade movies that these kids will be able to learn and get hands-on training and actually be a part of. Every two years, it's a new movie. And we have Michael Blake, the Academy Award-winning writer from Dances with Wolves, has given us the movie Slade that he wrote um, right after Dances with Wolves. Originally, it was attached to Kevin Costner and then Russell Crowe and then Viggo Mortensen, and now it's Dan Davies. <laughs> so it's falling <laughs> precipitously in that respect. But it's, a, it's an amazing screenplay. And it's going to be our – and he originally sold it for $500,000 and it optioned back to him. So we're going to teach these kids these transferable, beautiful skills. And nowadays, filmmaking skills are exceptionally transferable. The computer skills and the camera skills and the lighting skills and the sound skills, the publicity and the business skills, all of these are transferable. So these kids get great uh, skills. They get uh, a great opportunity to work on these films. They get to get themselves uh, you know, going to college and, 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 and reviving these beautiful, noble Lakota people. So it's just a win-win-win situation. And when we're using the Ed Gein the Musical as that model to, so that kids learn these things and they get their, their pride back and do some amazing things. And we've got some fairly big names already behind it. And I know I've talked to you about it, Rex, and we want you to come aboard as well because, number one, we're fans of you and you're just an amazing, amazing guy. And I think it's going to be a win-win situation on that end. So we're hopefully going to start filming that movie, Slade, in uh, hopefully 2011, but maybe more like 2012. Well, I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate your kind comments and your thoughts, and of course you know I'm there with you uh, both in spirit and as well uh, physically when that time comes, so awesome. Uh, very cool. I, I, you know, when we when we first met, and, and you and Jody, and, and you described the school, I, I mean, I just found the whole notion uh, captivating, and talk about you know paying it forward and paying it back. I mean that it is really an, an exceptional idea, and uh, you know I'm and I'm proud to even be thought of. So thank you so much. Um, let me ask you uh, about um, Seed and uh, and Wienerfest. Oh yeah, yeah we've got. What's beautiful about this too, Rex, is because of the success of Ed Gein the Musical, it spawned a lot of other creative ventures uh, that that we are going to be that's our, I guess on our uh, our plate, so to speak. Uh, one of them, obviously, Slade, the Michael Blake uh, Western, the Academy Award-winning uh, writer, his Western. Uh, number two, it's Seed, which is a supernatural cop thriller. And that's kind of a unique, a weird, kind of a twisted uh, style. It's a horror style, but it's uh, uh, it's shot kind of in a very unique fashion. It's it's a, a point of view of the devil, and it's it's really kind of a, a weird, weird setup. And that's on our plate as well as Wienerfest. We did a movie actually about two, three years ago. Uh, Steve was the director of photography, and it was all of our equipment, and I was one of the co-stars in it, but. Uh, Bobby Ray Schaefer from The Office is in it. Miguel Najera from 24 is in it. And they had all these big, you know, name producers and things like that. Well, it kind of fell. We filmed it and got a rough copy of it, 72 minutes long, and then some things happened where some of the money wasn't all there and, and, and some things fell through. And and um, so it's kind of been, it's finished, yet it needs about 15 minutes of of a polish and, and a little extra filming in it. It's a funny, funny, funny movie as it stands. But we'd like to get that out too before 
hopefully before 2012, and that's the comedy, um, and that's that's pretty hilarious. We're going to have the Chad Vader guys um, out, uh, Matt um, and Aaron from Chad Vader, the Blame Society guys will be part of that. We're still working out the the details on that. And Rex, you you play a uh, you play a drunk. This is a great role for you, actually. And we talked about this before. Fantastic. You play a you, you play a drunk, recently uh, out of the closet ex PGA pro golfer. It was a part. I couldn't. Ask, I couldn't ask for any more than that. That is awesome. <laughs> that, that that you know is awesome. You know that that uh, uh, a drunk recently out of the closet PGA pro golfer. <laughs> Bartender. Well, not, 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 I don't who who happens to be Irish, right? Just, yeah, you're Irish, too. So, well, I don't know Irish. if all your, your listening audience knows just what a talented actor you are, um, <laughs> and, and you're very, very talented, so I'm, I'm going to use and abuse you for the rest of my movies for the rest of my life, so so either kudos <laughs> or congratulations or condolences, I guess. Well, I appreciate that very much. And um, and you know another one of my other guests was a director on 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 on, on Wiener Fest. Oh yeah, Rex Piano. You had Rex, Rex on uh, last week. That was a great last interview. And Rex is a, a great friend and a super talented director. Rex is the type of guy that he he loves guerrilla style filmmaking. And I don't know if he, he I know we talked a little bit about this during your interview, but he's the type of guy that just gets things done and. and Anybody that wants to take anything out of there, set goals for yourself, but don't let these projects linger. You know, just figure out a way to get it in the can. You know, do your preparation, your pre-production, have all your ducks in a row, but get it in the can. Find a way to do it. And B-roll, 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 coverage, coverage, coverage. And, And I'll extend this out to your listening audience, too, when they become fans or friends on Facebook. We're always looking for people to work with. Uh, people that are talented, people that are hardworking, people that want to do this for the rest of their lives. I want to build a, a, a community of filmmakers that we could start doing this and and do this for the rest of our lives. You know, and and you know why not? And from what I've seen, you are doing it, and and you know you're putting that into practice, and and uh, you know it's 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 you're an incredibly likable guy, and you know you're 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 going far, and you've been you know I mean I'm just so amazed and I'm impressed. And I want to ask, um, and I, I do want to ask because you know you made the movie and now you're marketing the movie, and and the question becomes is how do you do it all? I mean, in other words, what an, an incredible undertaking! And a lot of people find themselves in that place, you know, where where you know they have one person who is is the uh, the, the person who most responsibility falls on their shoulders, and and. Um, but I mean, you guys are you you make the movie, and then you got to call up all these theaters, and, and you've got to uh, call the newspapers, and you got to assemble those. So how do you do? How do you guys do it? How do you manage? Well, it's it's been you know with, with Steve and I as partners. Steve is he's our technical guru. Steve's an amazing camera guy. He's a real solid director. He's a, a great editor. We've got uh, our buddy Will Kaiser, who again does great editing and music, and, and Jason Buss is the assistant director, and, and we've got good people surrounding. But when it comes down to it, any film you need, um, you need the captain. And, and I'm not saying that I probably just by default I became the captain, but you need the one that believes in the project enough to work on it every single day at the bare minimum 
you know, no matter what your other job is, you know, keep your day job, So, but you're going to have to put in four to eight hours on top of that. Now, I put in probably eight to 12, six days a week, easy, but because I love it so much and I, and I want the project to do well, but every every project, every film has to have that, that spearhead, has to have that captain, and he's the one that has to propel it with, during slow times and, and, and push it even further with, when things are going well. So and I'm, I'm thankfully I'm that person because I like doing it and I'm, I think I'm halfway decent at it. But but it's so important to for me during my day I have to kind of say I'm going to take two hours of promotion, two hours of writing, two hours of phone calls, and I'm able to do that. So it's important to kind of delineate your day in in into segments. So you're not doing one thing completely for the whole day. Break it up a little bit. Work hard. You have two hours to get that done. Get it done. You know, and it's so hard to be self-motivated when you're kind of your own boss, but you just have to get it done. You have to love your craft, you have to love your project, and you have to love the potentiality of it. And that's the beautiful thing. It, you know, Rex, filmmaking harkens back to, to like, the, the original industrialists and the original entrepreneurs that America prides themselves on, the Henry Fords and the, the Rockefellers and these people. It literally is still that same type of ideal, that any person with a great idea, with good people, with the the equipment, and nowadays with the digital equipment, anyone can do it. If you've got a good script and good people and are willing to be persistent, doggedly persistent, and never give up, and and you have a good talent, and you have uh, a, the good marketing plan, you're getting as much publicity as you can, you're getting the creative or the critical reviews, you're getting it in the theaters, you're doing everything. We're literally the new entrepreneurs. We're the new industrialists. It's 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 an even field now, and anybody from any place, from East Bumcrap, Wisconsin, can do it. Because if I can do it, and I'm kind of three cocktails short of the intelligence of a chimpanzee, if I can <laughs> do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> three cocktails short of a chimpanzee. Now that's fascinating self-deprecation. That is a, an amazing touch. <laughs> Well, I agree. If you could do it, anyone else can do it. That is good. But but the fact is is that you're doing it, and that and that and that is the point. And you have it, you have shared such incredible um, uh, insight and uh, tips and suggestions and how tos. You know, just in your own journey here, and uh, it, it is really really uh, amazing and appreciated. Um, when it you know when I think about it, you know the the um, the, uh, I mean, I've got I've got tons of questions for you, but I mean, what I wanted to ask was, um, if, and you shared so much, but if you had to boil it down, um, to, like, less than ten words, you know, uh, and the reason I ask this is because so much of of what I think. The movie beat show is about is is getting people in touch with 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 persons like yourself, people who are making it happen and who are doing it. They're they're creative, but they also know and they treat it as if it's a business because filmmaking. Uh, I love what you said about industrialism and entrepreneurial. It's it's it, you know, but it is a manufacturing process. It's a creative manufacturing process. It requires a a lot of people in in different capacities to pull this thing together, and then in you know you've now got a product. And I always tell people it's really no different than than taking any product to market. Like if you were to manufacture a purse or a pair of shoes, yeah, you know, you, yeah. you know you you know, and then but 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 
then once you've got the product, now you have to market it, you have to promote it, you have to advertise it, you have to make people aware of it, and and uh, you know, and you have to have them want it. You know, they have to they have to say, oh wow, there is this pair of shoes, and now I need to have them. And and so much of our, you know, our marketing and our advertising is around that. And then you have to get it into. You've got to get it from the shelf, the warehouse shelf to the shelf of the store. You've got to get the butts into the theaters or you gotta get the D V D units into the people's, you know, D V D players or you gotta get it onto the television screen and then they have to know about it and they have to tune so I mean it's this huge thing. So if you if if you could narrow it down, which is in, in, uh, a task in and of itself that I'm asking you to do, what what is the most indispensable piece of information and knowledge or know how or advice you would give to to uh, fellow filmmakers going out and making either their first film or their tenth film? Well, it comes down to it, and you alluded to it basically. And I think these are the numbers. It comes down to this: one quarter of your time is going to be spent. Actually, let me strike that. One third of your time is going to be spent on pre-production, filming, and editing, and two thirds of your time will be spent on marketing, on your business plan, on getting it into the theaters, on creating your posters, on getting your marketing materials, and promotion, 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 because there are so many, you know, garages that have, you know, I made the zombie movie back in 2006. Well, their garages and and, uh, dens are filled with movies that you and your buddies have seen and nobody else. You've got to get eyeballs on it. We're in show business. It's not hide business. It's show business. Promotion, promotion, marketing, marketing, marketing. Get creative with it. Start from your hometown newspaper. Mushroom it from there. But promotions, marketing, the emails, the calls, the, the persistence with it. You know, obviously make a great product. Make as good a movie as you possibly can with the amount of money that you can, and then promote it. Find your niche market. Get it. Get it out there. Just think beyond the box. Get get it on social medias and, and virally and, and do whatever it takes to get eyeballs on it because it's all fine and good to make an amazing movie, but if it's just you, Dad, and your drunk uncle, you know, Wayne, watching it, well, you know, congratulations, you made a damn good movie, but, you know, your Uncle Wayne's going to like it anyway, you know, and so is your mom. So, you know, you've got to get eyeballs on it got to promote 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 you know it's i i i love that you say that i really appreciate it because you know you, i can go back through my film history and i can say that for whatever credits appear on imdb there's another two two-thirds of them that don't appear on imdb for various reasons and some of those reasons are there's probably two-thirds of those that are on a lab shelf somewhere that have never seen the light of day they've never gotten out of the lab or they've never gotten out of the producer's closet or whatever they are you know, not everything you do. I mean, look at all the, the the number of actors who do TV pilots that never get aired. You know, yeah. uh, is is uh, is incredible. It's an amazing thing. Now, I had a guest on my show, and she's going to come back, Deborah Patz. She's written the book uh, Production Management 101, and it's a fabulous interview. And I hope other people will go back and listen to that. As I think of of all of the people I've been so fortunate to, to discuss movies with and, and making with uh, are fabulous. But she she made a comment on the show that particular day and. That you know, the goal is not to make the movie. The goal is to have your movie be seen, and yeah. you just you just articulated that so so incredibly because I think so many of us have started out going, I want to make a movie, and we we have you know 
and and the whole goal has become the film you know and we and we do everything to get it done and people budget to get it done but they don't budget for post and they don't budget for their marketing and they don't budget for prints and advertising and they don't budget for you know the the festivals and and then after the fact they they don't have the finishing funds or the or the, or the money that they need so Frankly, you know, whenever I've talked to producers who are really producing, they're always saying it's it's the back end first. You have to go out and find out what kind of movie sells and where, and then make your movie around yep. that, and then make sure you have money to get it into the theaters. And then once you do that, you have money left over to make your movie, as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. And yeah. And you've just you've just said that so well because I think too many too many people and too many of us. It's it's the other way around. Now, Peter, you, you know, there are people like uh, P- uh, Peter Broderick and, and John Reese and, yeah. and Orly Ravid and, and so many of the people nowadays are saying, you know, you have to think about the end result first. Yeah. And that is, where yeah. is it going to end up and how are you going to get it there? Um, it, and and that yeah. that is truly truly uh, sage words and uh, and it comes from 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 your passion and I can tell that. Well, well, thank you. And it's just it's the biggest thing in the world and it's. Because it's just so sad, and I have friends that have put a lot of time and effort in creating a film, and then they have like a little get together with family and friends, and I'm, and I'm telling them, I said, this is a nice little film. You should have researched what niche would have done well in. You should have researched the theaters, at least starting from your hometown theaters, and and worked from there. You should have had all of these ducks in a row before you even started with this. Because gosh, he, there's eight people in his living room watching it. And I'm like, this should be 80 people should enjoy this in a theater every given night. And and they didn't ever think that. They ran out of the money. They ran out of the time. They ran out of steam. They weren't passionate about it anymore. It was like they had, uh, I was going to use a sexual reference, but I won't. Um, they, had, they had gotten done, and now they were smoking the cigarette. Well, it's not time to be done smoking the cigarette. It's time to be smoking. <laughs> This is true. This is very true. You know, you gotta you gotta be working now. Now's the real work. Now it's the real um, grindstone, nose to the grindstone, and you gotta just be you gotta be working so hard that smoke comes out of your tail end. You just you gotta promote. You gotta get it into the film festivals, the theaters, and and get it and get people watching it, talking about it, promoting it virally. And and there's so many ways that you can do it now, inexpensively or free. You know, publicity is one of those that's free. And Facebook is free, and all the social medias are fairly, you know, inexpensive and free. So y- there's no excuse for it. You just got to put put the effort behind it and never give up and be persistent. You know, Winston Churchill said, I think the best thing he ever said was, never, ever, ever give up. And you, you can't with it. You just have to do it. Well, that is excellent. Now, and and we're going to have to close out this particular show. You'll be back for other shows because there's so many different things that you're doing uh, that we're going to want to have you back and talk about those. And, and we'll talk more about Edgy and the musical, I'm sure, as as time goes on. And but uh, let me ask you about uh, you have an upcoming event coming up this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, Rex, again, I've I've loved this and and I love your your program and I've listened to many of your podcasts and I'm a big fan of yours and and you know that and I thank you by the way. Um number 2, um yeah, this coming weekend we're going to have of all the cities and the states across the United States we've been in, we've never had our own hometown, which is Appleton, Wisconsin. We're going to be at Lawrence University 
is a real nice uh, liberal arts college here in, in the in the city. They're going to be at this beautiful campus center. They have a beautiful state-of-the-art digital theater, and that's this Friday and Saturday, May 13th and 14th, um, at 7 and 9.15 at the, uh, the Warch Campus Center in Lawrence University. And I wanted to quickly, we're in the process, the Shinkawakan School is something big, and, and hopefully... You know, God willing, if you could get us back on on your program again to talk more about that, because I'd love to talk oh, about it's... that. Because that's all it's all about film and teaching these kids the the wonderful world of film and and how enriching it can be and how amazing it can be. So and that's another project that I'm going to be working on. And, and we've got Slade and Seed and Wienerfest, so a lot of good things. I'm very fortunate, very blessed. But but this weekend, if you can get to Appleton, Wisconsin, um, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> Be careful. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you may be surprised at how many beers you have to buy. Um, yeah, I know. I budgeted though for this weekend. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, no, we'll definitely talk about the school. I'd love to have Jody on too, and and uh, at some point discuss that. But certainly, certainly, I mean, it's such a such a a, a worthy worthy endeavor. Um, it goes without saying that we'll have you back for that. But it, but as well as other things at other times. Um, I wanted to final, I guess we didn't discuss this earlier, but um, the rating of the movie so that people know, you know, um, like what are they getting into? What is it? Gory, gross, naked? What, what's, what, what, you know? Well, the film, we're not, we don't have an MPAA rating yet, um, but we've shown it enough where people would guess it as a PG-13, and the reason being there's no nudity, there's no swearing, and there's only implied violence. So it would probably be with all, just, and this is just my my guess and and from a lot of other people's guesses, uh, rated PG-13 would probably be the, the best way to describe it. And it's Hitchcockian in nature. There's no, there's no. Graphic. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, it's more the, the violence is more implied. It's almost like a psychological treatise. There's good comedy. There's great music. Um, people take away from it a lot, and people go, "Wow, it's a psychological treatise on Edgine," or "Wow, it's hilarious," or "I love the, 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 uh, the music." So each person takes something away from it differently, and it's just been amazing. We get like usually we do kind of a. This is something too that filmmakers should do. Do kind of a. Um, not an involuntary, but a very uh, impromptu, um, ask the people what they thought of the movie. Just say, be very honest and very thick-skinned. About 90% of the people, between 85 to 90%, really enjoyed our film. 5% didn't have any clue to what they saw, and the other 5% hated us. But but if you can get 80 to 90% of people really enjoying it, that's pretty amazing. So that was important to get that feedback right away. But... But people walked away with different things, and it is, you know, again, PG-13 if we had to put a, a rate on it. Well, Dan, i got to tell you, it's been a, a fascinating uh, a time spent with you today. And uh, so people are listening. There could be two different podcasts out there. Don't know what's going to happen yet. We started one, and uh, we had some technical difficulties, um, but it still is out there on the uh, internet. So uh, you you know, and then we recreated part of that to bring you this uh, today, the second the, the second one. But they're not they're not labeled any differently. They will both say you know, uh, Rex Ike's movie chats with uh, Dan Davies, and uh, it'll it'll they'll look exactly alike. So. Uh, 
it's always a problem with with the, these particular interfaces changing titles of shows and stuff like that. So we'll see what I can do. But uh, but uh, both are definitely worth listening to. Uh, and if there's only one, it's still you know the 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 information is contained in both. So or is, you know is all here. And I just want to say that I really appreciated having you on the air today. We again we will have you back. Thanks so much, Dan. Enjoy your day. I, I really appreciate everything. Thank you so much, Rex. Uh, uh, just thank you so much for everything. God bless you and the listening audience. And, and it's been a just a tremendous, tremendous pleasure. And thank you again. Okay. Well, take care. And uh, and so long. I'm going to be closing out the show now. And uh, and uh, again, uh, go visit Dan uh, on Facebook. Uh, Ed Gein, the musical on Facebook. Uh, there's DaviesRussell.com and Ed Gein, the musical, I believe, dot com. And uh, I just want to thank him so much for being here. Uh, you are listening to RexSykes.com, Rexikes Movie Beat. I want to thank you, my uh, readers and listeners. Uh, I've got so many more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so be sure to stay tuned. And, and please keep sharing uh, this website and these interviews with all your friends and and your industry connections. Um, if you right now where you're listening, if under the player you go ahead and you leave a comment about today's show, that would be fabulous because what you do is you're reaching out to other people. You're, you're actually paying it forward a little bit. You're letting other people know uh, what was said or what you liked or, or even what you didn't like. But but uh, you're, you're taking the moment to leave a comment right there at the show and uh, whether you're listening live or archived uh, so that other people uh, can, uh, when they're surfing, the internet and surfing these things, they look and go, oh, wow, cool, you know, this is what this person thought about it, so maybe I'll check it out. Same thing when you listen to the podcast, you know, if you go to iTunes, rate or review the podcast, because it always helps us reach more uh, listeners and more readers, and I really do appreciate it. And you can share these uh, interviews uh, in my website with anyone and everywhere. All I ask is that good taste prevails, you know, but go ahead and share it, make it available, because it is a free resource. And uh, and uh, there's so much valuable information, um, and it's given away. So uh, you know, please just take it, make use of it, make your movies and your projects, and get everything done. You can become a member, as I said before, of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Facebook group uh, by going to that group and clicking like, and uh, that is uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends. And you can follow me on Twitter, which is Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The last word is BT. It's abbreviated, Rex Sykes Movie BT. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much again, Mr. Dan Davies. Everyone have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects. And until we meet the next time, that is a wrap. <laughs>